0: City Business Edition this morning is happening live in studio
1: love, love
0: because we have a very important man to talk to
1: my to
0: help us appreciate some of the issues with our economy and help us understand what needs to be done to take us back to where we were and hopefully to a better place. Your joy. Now, this month's organization is also one of the sponsors of the City Business Festival, and which airs from the 1st of June to the end of the month. The Business Festival is going to feature five weeks of piece. knowledge on radio and television. Side. Topics include how to get your business back after COVID-19, working from home the new reality, tools and strategies for productivity, understanding and profiting from agribusiness and value chains, and innovating for the future and understanding the Africa Free Trade Agreement. Every morning at 9.05 on the City Breakfast Show and every Tuesday at 11 o'clock on City TV, you'll be hearing a discussion and a panel Sponsored by Apsa Bank Supported by the Ghana Investment Promotion Centre Now if you want to be part of the TV fora We call them the digital forum We call them the trade forum The agribusiness forum Simply register by calling 0205 973 973 It's free registration But I want to put you on Zoom So you can put questions to our panelists And be seen live on television but my focus this morning is twofold so how badly has covid 19 affected investment in ghana generally what would it take to get us back to where we were and hopefully do better and what role can a platform like the city business festival play in helping ramp up confidence in our economy so we can get back to the heights we were before covid Uofi grant is the chief executive of the ghana investment promotion center great to have you good morning good morning bernard uh, have i made you come to work earlier than you usually do <laughs> well,
1: <this is> <laughs> well it, it's good it's it's pretty good bright know? and early yes great is. to see you how are you doing uh, not too bad not too bad um, you know i i guess all our lives have been disrupted by, i tell you uh, the coronavirus and covid19 and mm. um, um, the, the phrase "the new normal" is now um, on everybody's lips. So in you know all the models, adjust, like, in
0: all the models you were doing and your planning and scenario things you did last year, uh, did did you?
1: Never <laughs> in our dreams did we think. I mean, in December, <laughs> did you think that you have to be walking around with a face mask? <laughs> sanitizers <laughs> all over the place nobody dreamed that you That's know it. but here we are mm. um it's happened it's a, i i would say it's a force majeure incident that mm. has rocked the world mm-hmm. the impact has been global on economies and lives and in ghana um yes it's 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 had its toll on us mm. um in in severe ways uh, first and foremost for example the, the significant disruption of our supply chains mm. um and in, in shipments, et cetera, meant that the ports uh, didn't have any business. The bus, First of all, the borders were closed, so um, that um, in, affected imports and exports, and uh, that then, further down the line, affected our revenues for government. So government revenue was virtually strangled, um, especially with the lockdown where economic activity came to a cease. And, and so the government itself couldn't pick up revenues to do what it does. It couldn't get the money. But uh, it's also resulted in, in impacting lives. So the short, widespread supply shortages, food, pharmaceuticals, manufactured goods because factories were closed, borders were closed, nothing was coming in, nothing was going out. And then there, there were also price hikes because, you know, when there are shortages, then the prices are hiked, you know. Um, and then globally, mm. globally, I mean, uh, stock exchanges collapsed. In the COVID period, the world has lost $10 trillion in value.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Now this is money that could have, you know, been used for investment globally, but it's all gone. I mean, the value is lost and that's it. Mm. And so that led to tighter financing conditions across the globe. So Mm. even with Ghana and our business people and some of our transactions that we're doing meant that there uh, there couldn't be um, uh, life as normal and and the monies couldn't flow as intended. Wow. And so many countries have adopted different strategies to deal with it. We'll, we'll come
0: know. to that and come to the, the way COVID has forced a lot of countries to be more inward-looking. But yes. I'm quite intrigued. Mm-hmm. Just under the economic headline, you've mm-hmm. mentioned about five factors. So, you know, yeah. COVID okay. is a health crisis. Yes. It's an economic crisis. It's a social crisis and even political. But under the economics, you've mentioned supply chains, import exports, revenues, price hikes. Production. Production. But that's... I mean... That's multidimensional absolutely. impact on every economy.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's multidimensional. It's it's pervasive. It's deep, and and that's just on the surface bit. Then when you go to the real economies, mm. some apart from mm-hmm. the production, some like tourism and the hospitality industry, um, border closures meant that nobody was travelling. There were much much fewer international trips, if any at all. Airlines have either suspended or virtually come to a standstill. Um, Global events have come to a standstill. So conferences that were outlined that were supposed to be there, we can't go. Conference we're going to have in Ghana couldn't have happened except now we have to do it um, um, online and... um, Zoom. Zoom, etc, etc. And then, a funny thing too, there are even decline in remittances. That
0: I find quite odd. How did that happen? (laughs) So is that our people who send the money... Because they also probably lost their jobs. Because America has 30 million job losses. Plus, now getting to 40 million. So, the people who send us the $200 every week can't send it anymore. They
1: can't send You can't even go out. You couldn't go out. Mm. So, you couldn't send the money. So, that feather strangled a lot of, you know, cash flow down here informally. Because, you know, last, um, last year, it's projected that over $3 billion came in uh, wow. uh, formally. And um, if the informal suspicion is added maybe over five billion came in informally to support families school fees medicines etc
0: construction projects
1: construction projects Mm. you know and then of course the consequent job losses big or small even in ghana when there was a lockdown and knowing how our society is a lot of people actually live on hand-to-mouth at the lower end of the society they had to stay at home so they were virtually Um, They couldn't have any food. They couldn't have any money to do the things that they wanted to do. You couldn't go anywhere. You just had to stay put. And if you're not adequately uh, prepared, then that in itself would have had an impact on your life. Mm. So, you know, that's... that is. um, So, on on the real economy
0: side, you have tourism, which has hotels and airlines and events, Mm -hmm. and then there's remittances, and there's job losses and concomitant food and money. Now, in terms of businesses in Ghana affected, I suspect a lot of companies that you had helped come in mm-hmm. large hotels investments that depend on tourism they are bleeding tell me a bit about that because we've, de- we've done stories with some hotels and there are like 10 people left there some hotels have nobody and there's nothing to do so how, how which are some of your significant investors and how badly have they been hit by this
1: well definitely the hospitality industry is one um, another is production um, and uh, yes you did mention that take a ho- hotel like Kempinski mm. um, 269 rooms wow. um, only 10 who had been occupied and the 10 were occupied by some business people who came in and uh, couldn't get a flight out uh, but having said that then everyday the hotel has to put on power um, it still has to have staff there to service these 10 people and, and, and they're not making the returns because the rooms are not being occupied. So, yeah, in a daily basis, making significant losses, paying for power, putting the air conditioning on because the central air conditioning unit, you can't put the air conditioning on for 10 rooms, you know. And then and the, the banqueting has to shut down. So all those on the banqueting side have to go home, you know. So th- these are real. And the production size to the same. Factories had to shut down, people had to go home. Um, but, but somehow our strategy uh, in Ghana seemed to have worked pretty well where we've encouraged some of the industries to convert or to retool to, um, to take up some increased health spending. Um, so that in itself is not too bad. But in other places, it's, it's been significant. And then when the lockdown came, even movement of goods and food for people was curtailed. Because you couldn't move from one side, coming into Greater Accra was a bit of a challenge. And even though it was permitted for food to... People were afraid, you know. And um, I am told by my friends in Agrik that in the interior, uh, a lot of agricultural activity came to a standstill. Because a lot of the farmers are old people and they're advised to stay home because, you know, it could affect their lives. So they weren't going to the farms. You know, so there, there's real impact, you know. And and for the government, it's it's been huge. It's been mm. huge. First, from the unanticipated increases in health spending, um, that because you have to then start spending more to get the PPEs, to get the health support. Um, and then, of course, it ended up in larger fiscal deficits, you know, because you're not making the revenues come in. You have to spend. Um, you have to now borrow monies and have other areas in which you need um, financing, um to preserve lives and pre- preserve livelihoods. And then, of course, uh, I have public debt burden because you, once you are borrowing some more to make sure things work, um, things stay um, normal or in whatever sense of normal it is, or, or to have lives preserved, you have to borrow. And that would increase your public debt burden. So the impact on the economy has been real. Mm. And, and But have there been sense?
0: any sectors that have? Been shielded for example, mining or the general extractives or the ICT people that, uh, like the, the big telcos and things. Have they is it, have, have we done any work to know whether it's a net negative or it's a net positive? Yes, we,
1: we are still we are still sort of uh, percolating so and filtering through the numbers, mm. but um, for example, it's believed that the gold industry, um, is one of the industries that may not have been impacted negatively. Um, because once COVID started and people didn't have cash, a lot of people, the big buyers, went into gold as a storage of value, especially as markets were losing things. So gold, the demand for gold was still high. But you know what happened to the oil and gas industry? Mm. Um, but pre, Pre-COVID, pre I mean, already the oil and gas industry had suffered a little bit of a snaffle, and um, it became much worse. Indeed, a friend of mine in the industry was telling me that you go to some ports and you find tankers tankers just sitting there there. Um, storage houses were full storage warehousing for oil and gas were full nobody was buying and the price collapsed significantly so even some of the producers in Ghana some of the explorers and producers in Ghana um, have had to take different strategies because the cost of extraction way above the cost of sales and so in that case that was a collapse in the industry Mm. And uh, we are still riling from that. It hasn't. Uh, we because for
0: Ghana, cocoa, gold and oil are some of our big ones. Our big ones. If yes. gold did well, probably oil's bad performance would have set Terrible. That. And then what about cocoa? Do we know what would have happened to cocoa?
1: You, first of all, I mean, if, even the supply chain business has been, you know, yeah. disrupted significantly. Getting cocoa to the ports, uh, you know, was a problem mm-hmm. and still is a problem. Um, getting the cocoa out there and doing the export is still a problem. So that itself is going to suffer a little bit. Uh, it's going to suffer. And I think um, if, if you sum it all up, despite that gold seems to have held, um,
0: the net negative. effect will not be the that high. Be that po- negative. Mm. It's still
1: very negative because government has to spend.
0: What about the telcos? Because we know a lot of people are doing Zoom calls with all these WebEx and things. So more demand for data uh, NCA gave the telcos a bit more bandwidth to play yes, with. They did. Are you, Are you hoping that that could upset anything? That will make more money, and that would help us. I, in any- I doubt mm. because
1: um, uh, they also had to make um, cut some revenue lines to ensure that uh, communications mm. um, was continued and that the people were in touch and that um, in this area, in this in this time, um, we had um, access to data to do stuff. And remember. Um, A lot of schools were, in fact, almost all schools were closed. All schools, so far as I know, were closed. So the kids were at home, and uh, many of the schools adopted working online, and that meant huge demands on data. So a lot of parents had to be spending money on data. Um, The telcos themselves probably didn't have enough bandwidth
0: Mm. Mm.
1: to give it out for free. So it wasn't just like, okay, because a lot more people are using data, then they'll make a lot more money. Um, they had to give a lot of out, out for free because, because of the sign of the times. So, so, I mean, all in all, you find that almost every sector was hit, mm. from the finance to the real economy of production, um, to trade, and then, of course, to investment. Mm. I mean, if, if I tell you, first quarter of this year, Mm-hmm. Our numbers were extremely impressive okay. compared to the, f- uh, the first quarters of the previous four years. Okay. Except, of course, 2017. And um, compared this, qu- this first quarter this year, 2020...
0: So January to, to March 2020 was great. Well, Better than, yeah, than as same to period, last year. yeah. Uh, it was 400 percent up, 400% up,
1: yes. And we had uh, there were quite a number of significant projects that were supposed to have come on stream this mm. year. Mm. Um, whether it was in the Accra Marine Drive, whether the trade fair, um, some of them in oil and gas, some of them in the extractives, and some of them in production, you know, mm-hmm. just production. But it was not to be
0: <laughs> so. Once COVID came, is it that those investments? they put on hold or because they can't work physically, what, what would happen? If they've committed the money, they've got their resources, they have a timetable and a plan. From January, they start construction probably in February. Mm-hmm. COVID becomes big mid-March. What does that mean? Do they suspend? Do they cancel? Do they... Well, yes, of course. <laughs> what happens? first
1: of all, you can't get people to go to site. Okay. One, you also can't get some of the investors to come in to complete their deals. Mm. Um, I mean, some of them were just ready to sign off and start break ground and start working. They couldn't come in, um, they couldn't fly in, they couldn't... And and, uh, uh, the interesting thing, though, is that the interest is still very high. Um, We've done a number of conference calls with some investors who are looking to come in. They always close the conversation with, okay, so when do you think your borders are going to be open? so that we can come. So back. the
0: appetite is still there. The
1: appetite is significant. Bear in mind, I mean, Ghana is resource rich. Mm-hmm. And I th- I keep saying that Ghana is opportunity rich. Mm. Uh, I think we're in the right time on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at the numbers pre-COVID, Ghana was looking very, very good mm. going forward. Um, and we're likely to have hit the 6.8% growth in our GDP mm. as projected. Um But even still, uh, compared to many other countries, Ghana still looks good. If you look at global GDP, global GDP um, was projected to grow at 3.3 this year Um, pre COVID. Post COVID is minus 3. It's actually going to shrink. (laughs) Wow. Um, If you look at sub Saharan Africa, pre COVID GDP was supposed to be Mm 3.6%. It's expected to shrink to minus 1.6%. Even in ECOWAS, if you look at the ECOWAS region, the pre COVID 2020 mm-hmm. projections were supposed to be 3.8%. It's now going to contract at one4 But if you look at Ghana, mm-hmm. our pre COVID pro- GDP growth projection was 6.8%. Mm-hmm. We'll end the year at positive 1.5%. Wow. So, so Ghana is not, seems to be doing the right things to manage it.
0: Any growth is now welcome. <laughs> uh, any growth? Is <laughs> because welcome. people are contracting.
1: Yeah. Growth at all is welcome, and, and and I think that if we if we maintain the strategy that we have and uh, uh, take care of the basics and the fundamentals, and we can achieve the one point five percent, I mean we definitely would have done significantly well, much better than most of the regions and most of the other countries out there.
0: Mm, so this is a City Business Edition. We're having a live event. My guest is Geoffrey Grant, is the CEO of the GIP. So we'll take a short break when we come back. We'll try and look at so what can we do to get back to where we were and possibly do better and what role can the City Business Festival and other platforms play in helping bring back confidence which is a key part of the economy stay with us we'll be right back
1: this is the City Breakfast Show the City's Biggest Conversation
0: Welcome back to the City Business uh, Edition. Today's a live version. My guest is Yofi Grant. If you have a question, you can actually send to us. We'll be happy to read them. 054 We're talking how serious COVID disrupted things from an investment perspective. How big a hole has COVID dug for us? What did it take to fill it? He's given us a very interesting walkthrough that COVID affected supply chains, imports, and export revenues, price hikes, stock exchange production. Affected the real economy, tourism, hotels, airlines, events, remittances, job losses, food. But apart from that, there's also the fiscal side. Government had to spend on unplanned things. Like hell, they didn't plan for that level of spending. Extractive, the picture is still mixed. But definitely bigger fiscal deficits, more borrowing. And then of course cocoa and other things are affected by supply chain disruptions. But his point is that, even with all of this, Ghana is in a better place than most. Because West Africa, for example, will contract by 1.4%. We will grow by one5 So, having that background, what can we do to take advantage of what COVID has done? So, if you go... What are you going to be doing? Zoom conference calls or what? Yes, What's we, are strategy? Doing, we are
1: doing quite a number of Zoom conference calls. Um, and, uh, you know, construction is one of those areas that creates jobs the fastest. We have... Some major developers looking to come to Ghana to do specific projects. Um, um, Some looking to invest in production. And um, if you look at the numbers as we had them. And um, let me see. I I think I have some numbers that I would have Mm -hmm. shown you. The number of companies that were coming in. Um, On the
0: construction side?
1: Yes, even on the construction side. There were at least five major constructions. Um, Two of them, more than a billion dollars each, uh, one of them close to uh, $400 million. Mm -hmm. And then some looking at the extractives, some looking at the uh, Accra um, Skytrain project, which is a significant project which would change the skyline of Accra somewhat. Um, Some looking at the infrastructure space, um, the railways, and the road construction internally and of course the construction of schools and hospitals
0: so construction is a quick win for job creation absolutely pumping money directly into people's yes. pockets yes. while yes. also bringing in the business that the project will, absolutely. will go carry so
1: we, we are still encouraging them speaking and um i i think Like I I did say, Ghana still looks significantly attractive. So a lot of these people are still asking questions. Okay, want to know when the borders will be open so we can plan and then we can kick off. Because whatever happens, life must go on post-COVID. And and, and for me, I think the recovery is what has been um, very significant for us and that's why we can project still a positive GDP growth. I think the president has done phenomenally well in meeting all the relevant groups, that can contribute, even faith-based organisations, mm-hmm. the NGOs, the police. I mean, everybody. He's spoken to everybody. Mm. He's probably the only person who hasn't stopped working the, in the COVID era because even when when containment or lockdown, he was still meeting the relevant bodies to mm. direct affairs. And and so, um, we we. So construction v- is
0: big, but what about things like the agro processing? Because don't forget, this was the year of one D one F. Yes, I, uh,
1: I think that I think you mentioned a very important part of it that um, whilst the COVID nineteen has done great damage to us, it presents a great opportunity mm. for us. Um, I, I think it gives us a real sense of redirecting us into a Ghana beyond aid, where now we we clearly agree and admit that well. With the closure of the borders and what's happened in other countries, where other economies are now looking at packages, looking inwards. In fact, you know, a lot of uh, countries are now looking at at saying that, well, instead of now sending monies for projects outside, let's look at how we recover our economy. And I'm sure you've heard how Japan had to push in another, what, two or three trillion, America the same thing, and they'll print money to do it, the UK is doing the same thing, Europe is doing the same thing. But we are managing the situation. And, and so and in a managing our situation, we've created a great opportunity where we can boost domestic production. And as you see, uh, we we're no more importing face masks. We we're no more importing alcohol and sanitizers. We all had our, our pharma companies, uh, uh, people in the beverages company, Retool, to produce those here. And we are seeing quite a significant amount of it now locally produced, which is great. Mm. But it goes just beyond health, the health services. Food and food processing uh, will become major. Um, the consumption of those commodities are going to be very important, and I think people are now looking more inward and say that, well, yes, we have the food here, we can grow the food here, we can process it here. Mm. So I, we, we've had a number of people, indigenous and domestic um, business people, looking say, oh, okay, what can I do in the food industry? How can I add value for export?
0: So the question is, is the government actively promoting. Local production. That's a question because one of the biggest studies we have is local capital formation. Yes, there just isn't enough capital here to we, do big things. We, you are spot on. So, what is the strategy for local capital formation to back this so-called Ghana beyond aid? Now that COVID has made everybody want to look inward.
1: You know, it's it's a very important thing. Uh, a very important uh, thing that you've mentioned. That yes. Um, capital formation in Ghana has been um, less than desired, so we don't have the capital to do some of the big things. But some of the things that have happened during this COVID uh, period have actually shown us that if we think through a lot of the strategies, we can. For example, the pharmaceuticals. um, They had uh, some backing, financial backing to retool to produce what we have. And they are doing phenomenally well in production. You know, mm-hmm. um, and the same will go to the food side. But if you look at some of the, you know, um, some of the real um, opportunities that have been created by government acting quickly, even though at a good cost, I, I think that we have set a very good trajectory. Um, you know, one of the financing sources was um, lowering the cap on the stabilization fund from 300 million to 100 million. Mm-hmm. And um, that excess that was left was then put into the contingency fund to fund uh, what they call the Corona Alleviation Programme, the Cap One. Um, that was about uh, 1.2 billion cities. Then, of course, we went to the um, World Bank for its rapid credit facility, which the World Bank in itself initiated on the advent of COVID because they realized that many countries were going to suffer inordinately The back of the virus. So we got about maybe about 5.8 billion um, CDs out of that. Then um, we got uh, what we call the World Bank DPO, you know, the development policy instrument of uh, another 500 million dollars, about some 2 billion CDs. And then AFDB also um, supported us with a sum about 430 million um, uh, 430 million cities
0: so there are different monies coming in but Absolutely. I the key question for you is how do you help direct it you've mentioned construction you've mentioned pharmaceuticals because they are key anchor industries that you need to push which would then have a multiplier effect on the rest of the economy has is government clear in his mind where because for example people are asking for checks in the u.s we are giving people yes. money to spend yes. some people think that spending is what triggers the re- revival. revival some people right. think it's production so it's, it's what, a, what's your advice it's, to it's, the it's, overall economic team that where so if government says look uh U e, we have 10 billion to help revive the economy mm-hmm. give us three industries that we should spend this money or invest this money in to help the revival what would you tell them
1: first of all food because people must eat that's one So uh, redirecting investment into agriculture is is critical, Mm -hmm. but also production. But you see, the the problem is much more complex than that, um, Bernard, because the two important things that had to happen with the advent of COVID, um, COVID was one, to protect lives, and two, to protect livelihoods. Protecting lives meant that, you know, the borders were closed, uh, the partial lockdowns, ban on social gatherings. And so, I mean, people in the beverages industry, in the entertainment industry, you are not going to make any money. The government is not going to make any tax. tax. Then, of course, government itself had to bring in the real measures of um, testing, tracing, and treatment, which is not free. I mean, it cost, there's a cost to it. Um, and, of course, you remember government had to make some incentives to the frontline health workers. There's a cost to it. Then also following WHO, the Ministry of Health Protocols, there's a cost to it, social distancing and all that, um, closure of schools. So that was to protect lives, and that cost some money, and you had to really spend to do that. Then, of course, the protect livelihoods bit, which is where then the economy has to kick back in. And government started with reliefs for households. They had to find food for households. Now they have to find six hundred million to support SMEs and as SMIs as, as relief for businesses. Then you have the revitalization and recovery program, and even as we speak, a number of committees have been set up. I mean, I, I, I am, I am on one with the Ministry of Trade, the Ministry of Finance, the Ministry of Agriculture, Ministry of Planning, where we are looking at the post-COVID strategy and where to put, um, where to put the initial. Uh, push to reignite the economy. Um, We are looking at some of the investments that are already uh, planned, that are happening. For example, look, VW was going to roll out its first vehicle Mm -hmm. um, uh, at the end of the first quarter, uh, getting to the second quarter. But now it it can't happen because the factories were closed. Um, Sinotrack, which is producing trucks, um, uh, assembling trucks, also had to slow down because we're also going to put... But then, of course, food people have to eat, so you have mm. to make sure that the food logistics value chain is maintained, mm. um, and you have to do that. And that, the, in doing so, then transport becomes very important, um, because you have to make sure that there's enough flow of of things. But then, people have to work. <laughs>
0: So keep people working. Keep people Provide working. Provide jobs. So a great as one, jobs must be M- must protected. Be created, must mm. be
1: protected. And, and not just protected, but more must be created. Mm. And for example, uh, um, I, 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 I think that like I did say before, construction is one of those quick job-creating uh, opportunities. Um, it might be one of the areas that might trigger activity in the economy pretty quickly. Mm. Because those who are investing in in, in in construction and the major projects are still mm. very I'm very keen to do so.
0: What role does confidence have to play in all of this?
1: Absolutely sp- important. Because you can't give up, kill over and die. Mm. You have to believe that life will go on. And and the numbers are telling us that life will go on. Even after the Spanish flu, which killed over 50 million people, there had to be recovery. The world had to go on. And, and, and that was not the first time the world had faced... Um, a catastrophe like this There was a typhoid epidemic sometime in the U.S. that was triggered by uh, the the legend goes was triggered by one woman called typhoid Mary. Mm-hmm. And she infected too many people, you know, so it has to go on. But the, the, the support for households and businesses are in a number of ways. There, of course, I'm sure you know the COVID-19 preparedness and response plan. That's one. Then, of course, government also provided food packages and hot meals for households on lockdown, which was a great thing to do. Private sector also supported. Many other corporates supported by donating and, and, and giving things to people. So that in itself was to a rallying point for us as Ghanaians, that yes, we are confident that we'll trump this, we'll go over, get over this, and, and defeat it. And of course, the other bits that are having been spoken about, the government interventions like free water for three months for all households and businesses, which was in April, May, and then this coming June, we mm. have free water. Then the provision of free electricity for lifeline consumers and the 50% discounts to consumers for three months, you know. That's a major, um, should I say, resource that putting back cash into people's pockets. Mm. Because um, if, if you're spending 1,000 CDs on electricity, um, now you spend 500, and you have extra 500 to help you tide over things. Mm. Um, but for me, the most important was the relief for the health workers, you know, because they are the, the, the frontline health workers, because they are the ones who are, they are the army in this fight. Mm. You know. Let's
0: talk about the City Business Festival and what role that can also play. It's a one month platform, radio, television, discussing business, trying to bring back confidence. First point, GIPC is our major sponsor. Why did you say yes? And number two, what do you expect it to do in relation to some of the things we've spoken about?
1: You know what? One of the most important things I I, I think um, in this area in this era is to give like and you mentioned the confidence to tell people that life will go on and things are going to go on and they need to be prepared and the preparedness means having information and um, being schooled in the ways of which you can prepare yourself and get over the initial humps and therefore to have a business program where you're going to get. People in business speaking about their own recovery programs and sharing experiences and going out on air to talk about it is very, very important. It's extremely important. I mean, I, I, I realized how important this was when a couple of years back, um, somebody called me to, um, a young person called me and they had this great idea that they were going to do. And I said, oh, yes, come see me at GIPC. And and the guy said, where's GIPC? GIPC. <laughs> I was very sad. Then I realized that we hadn't been doing enough to let people know where we are what we do. and, is and so, two three years ago. Oh, yes, yeah, this was just three years ago. Wow. But the saddest bit was just last week, I had the same issue. Oh, Somebody, a young person come and said, where is GIPC? And I said, ministries. And this is a graduate. They Why where is ministries? <laughs> oh, Lord. I said, what? So I'm thinking that this is a program that immediately puts some of these things right into people's faces, and they get to know these things. Mm. You know, and I'm not saying everybody should know where we are, but but, I mean, for a young person who wants to get into business, Mm. you know, you need a platform that will help you, guide you, inform you, and then inspire you.
0: Mm.
1: And inspiration is one of those big things for confidence building. Mm. I mean, I see a lot of amazing entrepreneurs Mm. in Ghana. Um, who have no direction. And and they have a platform like this where they'll hear people speak, they'll get ideas, some of their ideas will be sharpened, and um, a lot more is going to come out of it. Mm. So for me, it's very important that we support such an initiative because some of these people are going to be the big businesses of tomorrow and are going to be the investors in the economy. Mm. But apart from that, it also gives them exposure. Mm. They learn the world of business. They learn how business works. They get to understand the culture of business, the psychology of business, and then the actual mechanics of business. Mm. So it's critically important for me Fantastic. that we support such an initiative.
0: Amazing stuff. And we'll be hearing you and some of your guys on the panels and also in the on-air discussions. What's your closing comment for us this morning? As Ghanaians wait for the president on Sunday and think of what the la- the second half of the year has for- to offer. What's the JIPC boss's message to Ghanaians?
1: Well, I- I'd say that life will go on we need to prepare for that. We need to be encouraged that, yes, we, we've done some right things and that is why many of us are still alive. Um, I think the decisions taken earlier on by the president were just spot on and, uh, and, and has kept many of us and many people um, from, the, from a, a rapid infections uh, spread. Um, but that is not the end of it. There is going to be post-COVID mm-hmm. and we need to prepare for post-COVID. And I would encourage everybody to say, yes, stay safe. Because as the president said, we can revive the economy, but we can't save lives. And at this moment, it's still critically important to make sure that we save lives. Just maintain the basic health protocols that have been instilled. Wear your face mask when you're in public. Make sure you wash your hands as often as you can. Make sure you sanitize your hands after everywhere you go, Mm -hmm. as Bernard is doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not playing. You're not playing at all. No, we shouldn't play. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't play. We shouldn't take it for granted. Because, you know, as the statistics is showing, um, there are many people who will be asymptomatic Mm -hmm. um, and so may not get as ill as uh, we originally thought they would. But there are also... also, um, A lot of
0: symptomatics now. Yeah,
1: there are a lot of symptomatics now and there's also a group of people who are at risk. And it's important for many of those who are not at risk to ensure that they protect those who are at risk. The elderly, those with, you know, what they call comorbidities. I mean, have conditions which make the disease much worse than it is. You know, we need to protect them. Every life is important. Mm. Every soul is important to take the Ghana story forward. Mm. Um, Ghana is going to be great. Ghana will still be one of the best places to invest in the world. Um, And Ghana will be an attractive place for people to come to Mm. in the near future. And we need to protect that now Mm -hmm. to make sure that it still exists in the future. Fantastic.
0: Biofi Grant, the CEO of the GIPC, major partners for the City Business Festival, starts on the 1st of June. Every day after 9, we have the Honor Series. Tuesdays, we have the TV Zoom sessions discussing the business fora, agribusiness, e commerce ecosystem. And of course, the trade conversation and exports. This is the City Breakfast Show.